This podcast is being sponsored by Echo Healthcare. Echo Healthcare is pleased to provide the world's most realistic training tools. Our LifeCast mannequins provide highly accurate and lifelike solutions that are offered in all ages, from micro-preemie all the way up to our seniors at 82 years old, with multiple ethnicities to represent your patient population. Bundled with our immersive interaction solution, your learners were fully engaged through sight, sound, smell, and touch. Already have some patient simulators that don't exactly depict the level of realism you'd like to portray? Allow Echo Healthcare to provide you with Echo Mask or Second Skin. Welcome to the Sim Cafe, a podcast produced by the team at Innovative Sim Solutions. Edited by Shelley Hauser. Join our host, Deb Tauber, as she sits down with subject matter experts from across the globe to reimagine clinical education and the use of simulation. So pour yourself a cup of relaxation, sit back, tune in, and learn something new from the Sim Cafe. Welcome to another episode of the Sim Cafe. Today, we are truly blessed to have Jared Young. He's the Simulation Operations Lead at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Center for Healthcare Improvement and Patient Simulation, also known as CHIPS. And Mr. Young received his bachelor's in biomedical engineering from the University of Alabama, Birmingham in 2012, and his master's in business administration from the University of Tennessee at Martin in 2020. And Jared, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Why don't you elaborate on that? And thank you again for being on the Sim Cafe today. The pleasure is all mine, Deb. Glad you reached out. Uh, yeah, I love where I am now in Sim. Um, I'm sure we'll get into to that long winding journey uh, here in just a little bit, but they're very much a, a people person. So grateful to be able to get out here and, and share my story a little bit and, and connect with all the listeners out there. But my background comes out of operations specialist community through simulations. So I'm really lucky to get my start on the technical side, but now I kind of see myself morphing a little bit more into the policy and procedures, more of the administration side of, of SIM. So, you know, my passion is really continuing to build programs and, you know, build these large sustainable simulation programs for, you know, our learners that we support at the end of the day. Great. We have the pleasure of serving on the Council for the Society for Simulation and Healthcare and the Accreditation Council. And so I had the honor of getting to know you even a little bit more and also doing a site review with you. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the things and your contributions to the Council. You have been such a a great add to our group. So thank you for that. Now, Jared, why don't you share with our listeners your journey into simulation? How did you start in simulation? Well, hopefully it'll be an interesting story. I can see my wife uh, in my mind saying, land the plane. I, uh, I love telling stories, but often get uh, a little sidetracked there. So I'll do my best to make this short and sweet here. My senior year going through my biomedical engineering program, um, we had a, a student project. And so I'd been doing an honors project, kind of doing some bench side research. And, and that was fine. It was great. But I knew it wasn't really for me. And so through this senior project, I was actually able to connect I and mean, do some rounds in the hospitals. So we were able to pop in and observe a few different surgeries. 
We were able to round with some of the local orthopedic surgeons. And that really kind of sparked my interest in my love for healthcare, right? Like I knew this is something I wanted to be a part of. And being able to connect with people was, was a big part of that. And so, you know, throughout the project, we actually worked with a local orthopedic surgeon to create a, a passive range of motion device for, for the patients in his clinic. So those that were coming out of uh, shoulder replacement surgery and just kind of drove me more to wanting to find a career where I could, you know, do some of those things and really be involved in healthcare. So, you know, quickly after school, I actually got an offer from Epic, the electronic healthcare records company, and uh, was engaged at the time and had a weekend to think about it, right? And so I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, Epic is in Madison, Wisconsin. So it's a major culture shock, major difference. Um, so I asked my fiance to, to think about it at the time and uh, check back in with her Monday saying, hey, where are you on this? What are you thinking about? And she laughed at me and said, absolutely not. Like, we, we can't survive in the cold. So, you know, <laughs> at the time, it was, I was devastated, right? Like, this was my my end, maybe this would work out, but uh, it just opened up another door. So for about a year and a half, I was back in Montgomery uh, working at the Alabama Department of Rehab Services as a rehab engineer. It was a great job working with people with disabilities. So uh, we were able to support them to be able to go through school or, or through any of the accommodations that they needed at work, helping them be able to better their life. So very rewarding, uh, something I really enjoyed, but I knew that there was always that draw to get a little bit closer to frontline healthcare. And that opportunity finally popped up by way of going back to, uh, to my alma mater, to University of Alabama in Birmingham. So I started in simulation at the Office for Interprofessional Simulation at UAB. I mean, the first call that I got to come interview was from who would later become my mentor and, and good friend, Dr. Chad Epps. I was able to, to start on there and it was a wonderful time. So many great educators, so many people that uh, I was just fortunate to be able to meet in that start and then led me down the road to where I am now, where I've been at CHIPS for the last six years, continuing to, to build and learn from, from the legacy that Dr. Epps left us. Thank you, Jared. The legacy that Dr. Chad Epps left us. Was Chad was a, a great guy. There's been a lot of, uh, of wonderful people I've met along the way. I'm just lucky that I had the ability to Worked so closely with him for for so long and be able to to kind of pick his brain. You know, the, like I said, I, I've learned so much from my time at UAB, from my time at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. You know, from those that I've met professionally through accreditation, through anything I've done through SSH. But yeah, he's he's the special one that sticks out to me. Yeah, he was an exemplary model of an ambassador of a accreditor. I mean, I think he modeled for us the best points of how we should professionally help programs as accreditors. So thank you for that, for sharing that. Jared, let's um, get into something a little bit lighter, since Chad does hang so heavy on all of our hearts. Why don't you share with us your favorite or most impactful simulation story? I don't know if I can pick one. There's so many good ones. Break the rules a little bit, Deb. So I'll, I'll give you two. I'll give you one that kind of tied everything together for me in healthcare simulation, and then one that really was able to you know continue to propel me forward professionally. So the first was being able to watch the ICU IPE event that we ran 
at the University of Alabama in Birmingham. This really kind of brought everything together, right? Like we see each simulation, each one is important. It's setting that communication, that that learned event that we're looking for in SIM. Like we're, we're trying to meet our objectives. We're trying to pull from our curricular requirements, whatever it may be, our competencies that we need to meet. But uh, the ICU IPE was a great event. There was uh, seven cases running at a time. And we had, I think, up to six different uh, professions there on the space. So um, the SIM Center there at UAB was an old MICU. So it was like it was coming back to life again. Like it, it felt like you were in the hospital. We had patients that were decompensating at different times. And so it really felt like a, you know, a real stint in the ICU. Um, and I think that's what really brought it home to me, being able to see that, see the interaction of all the different professions and the learners working together, communicating, collaborating, making sure that the patients were taken care of. And then to see that full group debrief at the end, to see everybody circled up and you know talking through the objectives and, and what went on, that's kind of what really cemented this to me and the importance of what we're doing and, and really pulled it all together. So like that, that sim probably leaves the biggest impact for me. But for me personally, you know, like I said, my time at UAB, I met a lot of great people. And the story that really sticks out to me is uh, I was having a conversation and this was within my first year in SIM. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a nobody. I'm just trying to figure it out and, and kind of make my way. And one of the educators there, uh, April Bell, we were having a conversation and it just really hit home with me. I mean, it's something I'll never forget. You know, we were discussing where we wanted to be in, in kind of our career tra- trajectory. And at the time, you know, I said, well, you know, I'll progress in this manner. Maybe I'll make it to be a director of operations or a director of technology at some point. But that's probably the, the best that there is for me. And I remember her spinning around in her chair and looking at me and just saying, why would you ever sell yourself short? And like I said, for me at the time, it felt like I'm not clinical. I don't have doctorate in nursing or I, I don't have a medical degree. You know, what can I really give back to this community in that kind of way? And she said, if you ever sell yourself short, nobody else will ever take you seriously. You know, you can be, and you can make it, you know, this whatever you want. And that's always stuck with me. So from there, I just continue to, to work and continue to say yes to every opportunity I can. But her words that day, I think still ring true and push me forward to this day. Great. That's that's wonderful. And I'm glad to hear that. I think our listeners need to hear that, that we none of us should sell ourselves short, no matter what area of simulation we're in or healthcare. Where do you see the future of simulation going? You know, from the experiences you've had and the experiences that, you know, obviously CHIPS is a very well-respected center. You know, I think we really sit kind of on the precipice of the next great wave, right? Like healthcare simulation has come a long way, even in my tenure of of being in SIM, to see where it was and, and where it's going now. I mean, We've mentioned accreditation off the top, Deb. I mean, you look at the number of programs that are becoming accredited now and reaccreds at this point, you can really see the, the true impact of the field and, and how it's growing. I mean, you know, for myself, somebody that's non-clinical, seeing the number of people coming into the society that, you know, come at it from they learn simulation 
in their nursing school or in their medical school or in their allied health professions. We see it growing and the impact that's been made has been great. I think over the future, I think the focus maybe is shifting from the science of healthcare. I think those that are in healthcare really understand the importance of simulation and what it brings. But I think that the focus is starting to turn more towards that business of healthcare. How can we start to show our value to be able to find that return on investment? Because we all know healthcare simulation is an expensive endeavor, but it is an important one. And it's one that really makes true differences in patient care and patient safety. But how do we start to to speak that business language to to those in healthcare and help them understand the importance of what we do. So I, I really see us growing in that way. And for those that are non-clinical, I think that's that's where you can come in and make that impact, right? To come in and be curious and question why we do things. And I think that will will really help continue to propel us forward. Thanks. That's a great answer. When did you guys go through the process of accreditation? So we actually went through, I think, in May of 2021, April or May. So again, accreditation was something that was big for us. You know, it was it was big for Chad. And so, you know, I think we probably all drank the Kool-Aid at, at chips. But for us, it was it was that stamp of, you know, that we're doing things the right way based on the standards and that we are trying to have the right output, to have the right impact on our learners, on, on the future of patient safety. It really became kind of a, a rally for our team and everybody bought in. Everybody had a role that they played in that process. And so I think it's only strengthened our team. And we've got a, a few people that actually signed up to be site reviewers from the process because they saw the value of, of what it did for us. And they want to be able to see that and, and see other teams continue to succeed and, and really grow the, the field. Thanks, Jared. How do you enjoy being an accreditor? It's great. I think it gives you kind of a front row view to all these different programs, right? Like in simulation, it's so easy for us to get caught up in our own program and what we're doing. I mean, there's so much work that has to be done, but it's nice to be able to take a step back and get that front row view and see what other people are doing across the country, across the world, and how simulation is growing, how it's continuing to propel uh, individuals at that institution forward. So I enjoy getting to, to see the great things that are going on, but also to continue to advocate for the great work that I see. I mean, so many programs you see really exemplary work that isn't making its way out of that program for one reason or another. Like how we can't continue to push forward without encouraging others to, to step out of that shadow. Absolutely. It's so much fun to watch a program and to let them know what a great job that they're doing. It just... It warms my heart to think about it. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a little bit about COVID. So share with me where you guys were and what you did during the pandemic and any lessons that you learned that you can share with our listeners. Oh, lessons learned. I guess, jokingly, the, the first lesson learned is if you ever get called into a, a meeting about having to shut down the campus, don't just assume it's never going to happen. I remember the week or two before we actually shut down, um, thinking like this was this was a great exercise, but this will never, you know, go into effect. And then little did I know we would be affected for the next two years by it. So yeah, lesson number one learned. No, we did a great job being able to to quickly shift. So we actually had a little bit of an interruption in our work for 
uh, somewhere three to six months. We had a lot of events that we had to start going through and, and canceling and kind of trying to restructure virtually where we could. So a lot of us were home for the better part of that six months, but we continued to do just in time training. We had our emergency department physicians and nurses come in and do some prep for getting used to how they were going to be able to go in and intubate patients and be able to treat people in a safe way to keep them safe, their families safe, and, and keep those patients safe. So a lot, uh, a lot of training around that. But at the end of the day, we still, as an academic uh, center, were tasked with being able to provide opportunities, learning opportunities for our students and our learners. So we worked virtually to be able to provide, whether it was a faculty member kind of working as the avatar in the room by themselves with us running the mannequin and the entire class or, you know, cohort there on Zoom talking that that faculty member through the sim and kind of how they would work through the scenario. We did some virtual sims. Uh, We did continue our OSCEs on uh, on Zoom in a virtual manner. So we continue to support our university, support our local practitioners in the safest way we could. So we probably returned more to normal by about a year in, probably in 2021. But uh, we still hold on to some of those uh, lessons that we've learned through virtual learning. And I think The biggest lesson I would pull out of this for anybody listening is, like I said, my background comes from the operations specialist, operations technology section. And I think we really saw the impact and and the benefit of providing a little bit of downtime for your frontline specialists, your techs. It was amazing the the work and, and the thoughts that were able to come from our specialists and our techs by just giving them a day a week to have a little bit of downtime and be able to, to dig into professional development and research, it's, it's been impactful. So it's something that we're continuing to move forward. We know we're back in person. We've got to support in-person learning, but we've also got to be able to do right by our employees and support their professional development. So that's probably our biggest lesson learned from, from our time away. That's very important. We have to make sure that we take care of ourselves in all different ways so that we can care for others. Yeah, and and we can't move the field forward if we're not continuing to to learn new things and bring in new knowledge and new ideas. You know, if we're continuing to churn out the same stuff, it's only ever going to be status quo. We're never really going to reach that peak that we want to be at two years, five years, 10 years down the road. Agree. Now, Terry, can you share something with our listeners? The biggest thing that you would like them to know, something that you learned and it changed the way you practice, essentially a personal aha moment. Oh, um, yeah. I think, again, Deb, that goes back to just knowing that everybody on the team has that unique skill set and something that they can bring to the table. Healthcare simulation has really made a lot of strides you know, in the last few years and it's in its past history. And for me, that focus really is on continuing to, to advocate for the next group coming through for them to make their impact. And honestly, that's kind of what led to the theme that we have for uh, IMSH 2023 this year, is standard of excellence, recognizing that wave of excellence that's gotten us to this point, but that somebody else needs to take the baton, that we need to continue to push forward and to advocate for people in that role. Like You don't have to be a clinical practitioner. You don't have to have these great degrees and this long alphabet behind your name. Like You just have to be willing to 
give it your all and put in the effort. And there's there's a place for you to be able to to push them forward. And that's the only way we're going to be able to move forward. And and I think by doing that and showing that, you'll see some of the the giants of sim that uh, you may be hesitant to ever to walk up to and and introduce yourself. They want that for people. They want you to continue to push it forward. And so don't think that you're stuck wherever you are. Be willing to to get out of that box. Jared, but how are you guys going to celebrate Healthcare Simulation Week at Chips? Every day we show up is always a celebration, right? Like it's, you know, it's always fun to, to see the different things we're doing. Some of the great things that are going on out there, coming from the operations specialist background, the hashtag more than just a SimTech push for the year has been great to really see people continue to try to make that impact and be able to to step out and continue to push the field forward. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited for all the professional development and webinars that we've seen. For us at at CHIPS, I think we're, we're planning to have a celebration and just kind of get together, celebrate how far we've come over the last two years and enjoy the fact that we're basically back to normal again. So I think we're trying to recognize the fact that us, like every other program out there, has made it through two years of absolute craziness. And yet we all continue to strive and, and push the field forward and, you know, always do the best for our learners that we can. I think in simulation, the pandemic has in some ways been a silver lining because it has provided an opportunity to take a deep breath, pause, and get to know what each other's doing from a virtual perspective. I 100% agree, Deb. I think it gave us that time to pause and really think. Like It's so easy to get caught up in the monotony of each day, right? Like There's cases that need to be reviewed. There's rooms that need to be set up. There's fires that need to be put out, especially you know, for us in, in a large health science center simulation program. Things are different every day. It's very easy to just kind of be part of that snowball that's rolling downhill. But the reset that happened through COVID allowed us to be able to kind of strategically plan and start thinking where we want to see things going to really be able to to put in a little bit more of our quality initiatives that we want to do and and really look at some of our program redesign and really make sure that the impact that we're making is what we were trying to set out and achieve, right? Be able to continue to push us forward for the next five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. Excellent. Anything that you want to ask me? What are your plans for Healthcare Sim Week? You know what I'm actually thinking about doing is maybe visiting some simulation centers in the Chicago area. See if I can get somebody to invite me over and see what they're doing because it's been a while since I've been on the ground. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Again, it goes back to when you've seen one Sim Center, you've seen one Sim Center. And, you know, it's always great for people to be able to collect that knowledge of what's going on and, and seeing how people operate within their programs. So yeah. um, I'll, I'll definitely be on the lookout for that for sure. Yeah, I think I know North Shore in Evanston, I believe, has recently been accredited and I have a friend out there. So maybe I'll honestly go and visit them this, this healthcare simulation week. Yes. Enjoy yes. being in person for sure. Right. A shout out to John Cram. Well, I think that this has been a wonderful opportunity to get to know you and learn a little bit more about CHIPS and some of the things that you're doing. And I know you do have a big role with IMSH this year. How does that feel? (laughs) 
It's a, it's a busy time of year for sure. Like you said, things are really rolling here at CHIPS. We're tracking back towards our pre-COVID numbers for in-person sim. Our learner hours and our events are really picking back up. So we've been busy onboarding some new staff as well, making sure that, that we're ready for the next couple semesters to come. So exciting times. Our standardized patient program is back in person. We just finished our first College of Medicine OSCE that was completely back in person again. So it's very nice to be able to see that going forward. And as you mentioned, IMSH is is really getting busy. So we should be going through the final stages of accepting the content for the program this fall. So everybody should be receiving their accept decline notifications in the coming weeks. It's been great to be kind of on the other side and see this. Um, I think the one thing I'm jealous of is that I don't get to go to any sessions because I see these titles and these sessions that are being approved. And it's it's amazing the content that we're going to have, a record number of submissions. So hopefully we see record attendance as well. And coming out of two years away, I'm as much of an extrovert as anybody else. So hopefully I meet everybody there, right? Like hopefully you come up and, and say, hey. And just looking forward to it. It's, it'll be busy, but uh, at the end of the day, the work is for our society and it's for those that are attending. I know how much of an impact it made to me in my first year. And so, you know, the effort that I put in is for everybody else. It's trying to make sure that IMSH is what everybody dreams and hopes it'll be. We don't want anybody going away with no lessons learned or feeling like they didn't enjoy showing up. So. Uh, busy times for me, but I'm excited for it for sure. Thank you so much for all you're doing, Jared. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, happy simulating. Echo Healthcare provides the world's most realistic training tools. With their LifeCast mannequins or Echo Mask and Second Skin accessories that create lifelike simulators for your learners. Connect with them today. Thanks for joining us here at the Sim Cafe. We hope you enjoyed. Connect with us at www.innovativesimsolutions.com. And be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Sim Cafe.